Hello, and welcome to this episode of Let's Get Vocal with Rena. I'm your host, Rena Cook, and as many of you already know, I am a certified voice geek. I'm obsessed with all things voice. As a voice and presentation coach, my passion is empowering others to use their voice in more compelling and authentic ways. On this podcast, we visit with professionals who have powerful messages about speaking truth, about using the voice to change hearts and minds, and using the voice to build business and increase revenue. Now today, we're going to talk about speaking as a path to promote your business. What a concept, right? I am so excited to welcome my guest today, Aurora Gregory. Now, Aurora is a marketer, a coach, an author, and a speaker. She kind of does it all. She's the co-author of a book called Get Picked, Tips, Tricks, and Tools for Creating Irresistible Speaker Proposals. Now, I've read this book, and I've used it, and it's incredibly helpful. Aurora works with global brands to help them get their message just right by creating communication programs that connect with customers and developing marketing strategies that work. Now, I connected with Aurora about three years ago when I was doing research for my book, Empower Your Voice for Women in Business and Politics. I was interviewing women around the country who had powerful messages to share about voice, power, and success. And that's when I met Aurora, and I knew that she had a powerful message. When I started my podcast, I went to Aurora and said, wow, I need you. And she said, yes. So welcome, Aurora. I'm so honored to have you here. Thank you so much. It's so great to talk to you again, and I'm delighted to hear about your new podcast. I'm excited for you. It's great to be celebrating this with you. I know, right? Especially right now when news is so bad everywhere, to be doing something that's sending creative content out just feels really good. Um, Now, you have done so much and do so much in your work Tell us what part of your work right now is currently exciting you. You know, it's interesting. I I think that you kind of touched on it just as you were introing the show. I'm really excited about all the creativity that I'm seeing in business, whether it's with my large clients, I work with some large corporate clients or individuals and individual small businesses, entrepreneurs. Um, I'm just excited about all the creativity I'm seeing in a time where um, your maybe your natural sense would be to kind of lean back and to mm-hmm. pull back from mm-hmm. from creating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really wonderful to see so many businesses look for ways to continue to serve their audiences, to serve their customers, to um, put content into the world that's that's helpful that is, that will support what others are doing, and looking for ways to use that to grow their own business. Um, this is a, a an incredible time of of transition, of of doubt, of uncertainty, and yet I just see so many people leaning into to that creativity. And I, what I really kind of love about it is I I think that those that that leaned into that early are starting mm-hmm. to bring others who maybe were a little bit more hesitant and a little bit more fearful. It's starting to bring them along too. 
So I, I'm excited about that. I, I find myself doing it in my own business, um, offering things to clients that maybe I haven't in the past. Um, I'm working on creating new things for speakers, which I, I kind of laugh about because I certainly have had moments in this season where, I, where I'm thinking, what in the world are you doing creating things for speakers? <laughs> There's probably not another business in the in the world that's been impacted like the speaking oh, business. Oh my gosh, yes. And yet I just keep feeling the encouragement to continue to create for those speakers who um, continue to have needs and to, can continue to need to find ways to put themselves out into the world, even if those ways are new and different and virtual. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about what I'm seeing. I mean, I'm excited about the things that I'm creating. So um, in, in all of the, you know, seemingly hopelessness that exists uh-huh. in the world right now, right. Um, it's wonderful to be able to find places of hopefulness and to be able to latch onto those um, just as strongly. Oh, that's beautiful. So are, are your clients, um, are they putting things out on Zoom, on um, virtual platforms, offering webinars? What form is this taking? So everything, of course, is going virtual and digital. And it, 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 obviously it went there fast and quick. So mm-hmm. um, for my smaller clients, entrepreneurs, um, professional speakers, I'm definitely seeing them. Um, they they dived into the virtual world quickly. Um, one speaker in particular, I was thinking this morning about, like, oh gosh, who are some of my examples that that I would really point to? And one in particular is a, a gentleman named Robert Kennedy. He's he's actually a professional development trainer, so he does a lot of speaking and um, in person work for companies. And when all of this started to happen, of course, professional development work. Uh, crumbled quickly as everyone Absolutely. was being sent home to work and businesses were just trying to figure out like, how do we, how do we keep our business moving? Forget about developing staff. And I've watched Robert just so quickly lean into taking all of his experience as a professional speaker, his, his um, deep experience as a storyteller and, and transition that into training for speakers who need to learn how to do that. And so He's a great example of someone who's just, you know, taken what he taken what he knows how to do, put it in a cup, shake it, stir it up, and pour it right back out into something that's fabulous. For larger companies that I work with, um, they tend to participate in things like industry conferences and events. And what mm-hmm. I'm really seeing, you know, happen there is um, industry events canceling. And yes. so their opportunities to get in front of their customers in large conference formats. Um, obviously are falling apart. Mm-hmm. So what a lot of conferences have done is taken their agendas, sifted them, and taken a select number of, of conference offerings and put them into, say, a three-day webinar experience where they would offer one conference offered four sessions a day for three days. Mm-hmm. What's been interesting about that experience is um, watching how those conferences have looked at their agendas and made decisions about what sessions that they would bring into the virtual webinar environment. And it's what, you know, I do so much work with speaker proposals and speaker pitches. Mm-hmm. It, it brought to the, to the forefront how important it is to put together a solid, strong topic if you're pitching a conference. Because in this environment, you not only had to get through to the live event, when the conference decides to sift their agenda and put just a few sessions online, mm-hmm. you then have to kind of go through a second, second vetting process. Right. And it's important that you have a topic that is so strong and powerful that it can actually make it through mm-hmm. to a very, you know, 
compressed, minimal agenda. So right. I, I'm, I'm, you know, everything obviously is going online and, um, and some are doing it well, some are, some others are not, but I, at this point, I just kind of feel like if you, um, if you can muster up your courage, jump in and do it. It's certainly a different type of speaking experience, um, but it's a valuable one. And it's a tool that you'll use even after we're past this, this season, when we can go back to meeting live, mm-hmm. you will use this tool of being able to deliver your content virtually. You'll, you'll continue to use it. I'm sure that you will. I, I think that we're going to see more and more of it, even when we can go back to face-to-face, uh, because it has been so effective and allows more people to participate because it keeps the cost and the overhead down. I now, think you're so right. Now, I really miss the juice of being in front of people. You know, I come from the theater world, and so being with people is the supreme joy of my life. But when I get a response on a Zoom webinar, for example, and you see someone's face light up or you see them try something new, and, you know, they're courageous rather than hiding in their little window, they're they're opening up. And that feels very gratifying. Um, going back to, to your work, help me get a clear vision of how you help your clients. Are, do you rep them as a speaker bureau or do you coach them to rep themselves? I essentially coach them to rep themselves. I'm not a speaker's bureau, although I do do some of that work for my large corporate clients. It's a That's kind of a different environment and a different perspective. Um, I've been involved in that work for for corporate clients and helping them place their sub, what we call subject matter experts and their executives on stages at industry events. Um, I've been involved in that work for probably 15 years. It was doing that work that uh, my colleague and I developed the strategy around Get Picked, the, the strategy that we outlined in our book, um, the kind of the five things that are, are really critical to allow a speaker pitch, a speaker proposal, if you will, kind of rise above the top, um, kind of move out from the crowd so that a, 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 an event planner or an organizer uh, can see, oh, this one is, this one looks terrific. This one looks mm-hmm. valuable. This is a must mm-hmm. have on my agenda. Mm-hmm. For for professional speakers, for entrepreneurs who want to add speaking to their marketing mix, I coach them as kind of a speaker pitch mentor, if you will. And I coach them on how to create their story, their speaker pitch, everything from defining their topic and what is going to resonate with their audience all the way through to what is the description of the actual presentation that you're offering to give. Mm-hmm. I think what most people don't um, don't understand or don't think about when they're pitching themselves as a speaker is that every time you do it, you're essentially in a competition, whether you're pitching for a conference um, that is, has a formal call for speakers, or you're just, you know, proactively reaching out to an organization that you'd like to speak at. It's a competition. There Mm -hmm. are all kinds of speakers that probably speak on topics very similar to the ones that you speak on. Mm -hmm. Your goal is to stand out, to stand ahead of, to get ahead of those speakers. And you do that with your speaker pitch. That speaker pitch speaks for you because you can't personally or won't likely personally be able to 
to, to offer your topic live to a person, to an event coordinator, a professional development director. Mm-hmm. So right. your speaker pitch becomes incredibly important. And so that's what I, I coach um, folks to do is to be able to get those pitches spot on so that they have the best chance to get picked to speak. And now is this a video pitch or is it a written pitch or both? It's a written pitch more often than not. Um, that really hasn't changed very much in a call for speakers um, environment. You're probably being asked to fill out a form that asks for some specific information and I help you understand how to complete mm. that form. If you're pitching yourself proactively, you're putting together a proposal. You may have a link to um, say your speaker reel or even a personal message, but ultimately it, it starts and boils down to something written. And that content has got to be spot on, tightly yeah. written, and, and very focused on the audience that you serve, the problem, your understanding of the problem they have, and the solution that you're there to bring so that they can, again, they can transition into a more successful place. Boy, that's wonderful, clear advice. Um, you also talk a lot about mindset in your work. It's a central theme. Um, What do you see shifting in mindset and marketing as we move forward? You know, it's so interesting. Um, This, you know, kind of pandemic situation that we found us found ourselves in is has done so much, I think, for mindset mindset shifts for people, Um, for people who kind of lived in a place of I can't do that or I don't Mm -hmm. want to do that. They have quickly had to do move to. I must do that. I have right. to do this. <laughs> right. And, you know, the whole concept of doing it, doing it scared has taken on a new meaning in the environment mm-hmm. that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. It's really pushed us all to kind of examine our, our fight or flight mentality when yes. it comes to our businesses. And, you know, using the term business very broadly, um, you know, whether it's a small business, a, a brick and mortar or, you know, you know, business that you have, whether you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, even a pastor of a church, um, there are so many things that you that people have had to lean into, um, fighting their own resistance and learning to make it work. And I have to say, I I've been so impressed with what I've seen. Um, people being okay with their fumbles, being okay with saying, "Hey, I'm learning and I'm working it out, but I'm here mm-hmm. and I'm here to mm-hmm. serve you and I'm here to help." Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that that mindset shift to I, I, from I can't, or I don't want to, to I must, or at mm-hmm. least let me explore that will mm-hmm. stick after this, after this season that we're in. Um, because I think that, that for those that have had to rush into it and lean into it, it with, um, you know, kind of a sense of, of urgency that, you know, I must, you know, that does create a sense of anxiety. Absolutely. And, now, you know, hopefully there's a little bit of an openness to explore, you know, things like technology and new technologies and new offerings that are out there that will allow you actually to, to serve better or to serve more broadly. Right. That's my hope. And it's certainly something that has been true for me, certainly in certain areas. I, I haven't had so much of an I can't or I don't want to as much as a oh, I'll do it later. And now it's <laughs> right. like, okay, now you now must. Now is the time. <laughs> later <Right>. is now. <laughs> I do a lot of work with with deep breathing and positive affirmations. Um, negative self-talk can be so damaging and so derailing. And people who are resistant to breaking out of their comfort zone because of the fight or flight symptoms that are so uncomfortable, 
we can break that cycle. And many people that I coach don't realize initially that that cycle can be broken and that you can deal with it and even rid yourself of that performance anxiety or performance reluctance through deep breathing and retraining your mindset. But it takes time and commitment. And a lot of people understand it initially, but then don't want to take the time to break old habits and replace them with new mindsets and new ways of breathing through the anxiety. Do you deal with that with your clients as well? You know, I do. And I definitely, you know, have seen it. And, and you know, along with those things, it's, um, you know, sometimes, you know, doing a little bit of work and examining where those performance anxieties originated from. Mm-hmm. What's the root of it? Uh, I'm a big believer that, you know, if, if all you do is weed whack a weed from the, from the top of the lawn, you've created a beautiful moment while it's gone, but that we, those roots are still in the soil and they still (laughs) will, they will, they will rise back up and you will before too long have a fresh weed that you have to deal with. So, you know, at, at times it's important to kind of examine, okay, do I have some, you know, are there some experiences that I've had that have created that resistance? Um, you know, I, I often tell, you know, love to tell the story of how I kind of fell in love with public speaking. And it, it was as an eighth grader, it, I was in a speech contest as an eighth grader, and I was a runner up, I didn't win, but it taught me to love communicating, and it taught me the power of storytelling. But I often wonder, you know, I could have let the fact that I didn't win um, keep me from moving forward. Right. Um, I could certainly see how that could be something that could keep me from from being someone who would step out and teach others or step out and stand in front of others to, to teach and encourage. So I think sometimes it's important to kind of look back and wonder, okay, what's the, is there a root to mm-hmm. this? And do I need mm-hmm. to dig it up? Do I need to recognize that was then, this is now, and the situations and circumstances are not the same, and I can try again, and I can yes. shoot for success. And I do need to make an effort not to compare you know, my, my beginning to someone else's middle. And I need to, you know, encourage myself to move forward. Oh, that's wonderful. What a beautiful story and a great message. Um, Before I let you go today, I want you to tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you if they want to talk to you further or explore your work in some way? Well, I have, um, there's two ways to get in touch with me. Um, if there's anyone that's interested in learning more about uh, the book that I co-authored, Get Picked, to S- get picked um, they should go to getpickedtospeak.com. I'd invite you to join our email list there. You'll get um, a sample chapter of the book and a tips guide that I think would be helpful to you. If you're looking to just email me directly, we just want to drop a word, I'd love for you to email me or to visit my own, my personal website, um, aurora at auroragregory.com. My website is auroragregory.com. I'd love to meet you there. If you're on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, I'm on all the social media feeds and I'd certainly love to, to connect with you. Let me know that you heard me on on Rena's podcast, and I'll, I'll know that where, where our association started. Oh, well, thank you so much. You are such an inspiration, Aurora. You're, you're just radiant. I wish that, that our listeners could see your face. I'm looking at it here on Zoom, and you just radiate joy and generosity 
And, uh, and that's what this podcast is all about, using the voice to radiate joy and generosity. Um, before I close today, I want to ask or answer a, a question from one of my clients. And Aurora, this may be a question that you're going to get as well from your coaching clients. Um, one of my uh, attorneys, um, Elizabeth Lyric, um, said, Rena, Talk to us about how do you speak behind a mask. The courts are getting ready to open, and all of us are going to be speaking from behind the mask. And and so I, I took on that challenge and did a quick video, and I put a mask on. And that was the first time that I had tried to speak publicly with a mask. And it really is like there's a big block that's in front of your, not only your mouth and your voice, but in front of your personality and in front of your brain. It's like it shuts everything down. So my recommendation is, number one, really warm up your face and your mouth so that those muscles are really active and working because you're going to have to work them harder. The whole process of speaking behind a mask is bringing more muscularity in the face and in the lips and the teeth and the tongue and the jaw. All of that has to be really warmed up and ready to go. Secondly, you need to bring more gestures. If you've ever had a conversation with someone who doesn't speak your language and you don't speak their language and you're both trying really hard to communicate... Sound gets stronger and bodies get more engaged. And when you're speaking behind a mask, you need to speak louder with more energy and allow your body to be more engaged, to be part of the communication. And it just takes a little bit of practice. The first time, it feels really awkward. And then after you do it a little bit more and a little bit more, you get used to coming out more and working a little harder. So thank you, Elizabeth, for that question. And and again, as, as I wrap up today, I want to remind our listeners that if you have any question about voice, presentation, confidence, performance anxiety, send it to me via my website, myvocalauthority.com, and I'll answer your question on the show. Now, I want to once more thank Aurora for being with us today and providing us with so much information and inspiration. And I want to challenge all of us today to take joy and generosity with us. Help someone else find a little joy each day, and I guarantee you'll be more joyful yourself. And remain generous in your heart. Look around for those who have a need that you can help out with. In times of crisis, it's crucial to intentionally maintain our humanity. And we can do that by simply finding joy and choosing to live generously. And as I close all my podcasts, remember to breathe deeply, speak your truth boldly, and the world will listen. Thank you so much, Aurora. We appreciate you. And thank you all for listening. Bye-bye.